This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. Welcome to Warrior Watch. This is July 13th, a beautiful Wednesday morning, and I'm so excited about my guest today. I've got Pastor Michael uh, Williams from Willis Point, Texas here. Uh, we're going to talk about what's going on in his life, and we're going to talk about his perspective. He's, he's got a really amazing perspective on vision, and the, the topic is actually look from where you are, and I'm excited about talking to him. Also excited that you're here with us on BPN Radio today. I want to encourage you to uh, get involved in supporting BPN Radio. It's an amazing network. It's a God-called network. I believe that um, Prophet Dale Gentry and Gene Gentry are two of the finest uh, people uh, in the body of Christ around the world. They have a real call of God on their life and a real heart to see America raised back up in, uh, in righteousness and in prayer. God is calling his church to a place of prayer. He's calling men, women, children, young people, churches, pastors. And I really believe he's calling us to take up our mantle of prayer. And so we're so excited to be a part of this ministry and to help support any body or anything that is calling the church in America back to prayer. My guest today, I'm really excited about having him. Um, his name is Michael Williams, Pastor Michael Williams. I'm going to call him Michael. He's also my third cousin, and uh, <laughs> I'm excited uh, to talk to him. He's got a real love for Jesus um, and a real love for God's people and a real love for the work of God. Him and his wife have been pastoring in Willis Point for 34 years. They founded the church in 1982. They have a church that's very involved in their community. They feed the poor. Uh, they spend uh, lots and lots of time and money every year in missions. They're doing amazing work. They've got five beautiful children and 19 grandchildren, all of them serving the Lord. And, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what we do for Jesus, if our children are not serving the Lord, we're, there's really an empty place in our hearts. And so I'm so excited that he's a man of God that's affected so many people's lives, but he's affected his children's lives. And that's really amazing. So, Pastor Michael, I want, want you to just uh, feel free to tell um, the BPN radio audience anything you want to tell them. And uh, let's talk about this subject. Look from where you are. Amen. Sounds good. Well, it's an honor to be with you, Kelly. I, I am really Really excited about this program. You know, people need hope, and that's one thing that they, they miss out, especially in this world we live in today and the climate of our country, which needs desperately needs prayer. Uh, but, you know, we're dealers in hope. That's what we are. All of us as Christians give people a future and a hope and a destiny. And uh, and I'm a testament of that, and so are you. And that's what that program is all yes. about, this program, is giving people a, a future and giving them a hope. You know, I was saved at 19, and I, you know, my background was pretty sordid, I guess. A lot of people were, but I was kicked <laughs> out of high school and uh, was most likely to fail. Got married at 17 years old and had a, had a baby at 18 and moved down to Houston, worked in the Upjohn Chemical 
right. uh, there near Park, Texas, and there was a foreman that witnessed to me and told me about the Lord. And of course, I resisted for several months. And I think most of us, you know, we first hear about the Lord, we're generally running from Him and fighting. And I finally just gave up. I right. finally Lord at nineteen, and my, I had a destiny. I had a hope, and I had a future. Uh, in fact, really, a personal testimony there is kind of neat. We just found out we were related just a month or two ago. Uh, but your dad helped me get a job right after I got saved. Uh, your dad and my dad were first cousins. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, he, my dad called him up and said, my son just got laid off at Upjohn Chemical. And your dad said, bring him over. I'll show him the hiring place for Exxon. And I got a job at Exxon through your father. Didn't know you at the time. Yeah. And, uh, and here we are talking to each other about the Lord. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Oh, it's a great world. It really is. You know, I think every good thing that ever happens, of course, we know it comes from God. Uh, it comes from above, the Bible says, with whom is no variable, no shadow of returning. But I really believe when we get to heaven, we're going to see Jesus and look him in the eye, and we're going to have a revelation of all these good things that took place, coincidences as we call them. Yes. And we're going to see him. We're going to look. We're going to see him, and a revelation is going to hit us, and we're going to say, you know what, Jesus, that was you, wasn't it, all that time? Uh, and he's been the author of every good thing that's ever happened. My life started really at 19 years of age. And uh, we early on got involved at Lakewood Church. John Osteen was the pastor at that time, Joe's dad. And I was called to to minister to preach in 1976. I was in a meeting there at Lakewood, and uh, there was a lady minister, and she was talking about the 12 spies. I remember that partic in particular. But during the whole time, God was dealing with me about making a difference in other people's lives. I was just happy to be saved. I've been wow. saved a year. And I'd come out of drugs and jails and uh, got my life straightened out. I, I had purpose and I had hope. And, man, I was witnessing to people and just excited about being a Christian and being saved. Uh, but then I had this vision while I was sitting in that service. I saw my hometown in a church there that I was very aware of and people I recognized going in the front door of that church, all dressed up, looking good and happy and joyful. And uh, then I saw them coming out the back door, and they were beat down and depressed and worse for wear. Wow. In other words, they came out of church worse than they went in. And the Lord spoke to me and said, it's the first time I ever heard God's voice or had a vision, and I was just 20. And he said, I want you to do something about that. And of course, you know, in my state, I didn't have an education. I was working as a laborer in a construction job. Uh, I said, God, I can't do that and argued with God, but I was weeping. And that was the first time I'd really cried and wept like that with my background. It, I just didn't do that. Right, know? right. Sure. But God kept dealing with me and he wouldn't let go and I, he wouldn't listen to me. And uh, I begged him to leave me alone. And I finally said, God, I, I, okay, I'll do whatever. And he says, well, I'm calling you to teach. And uh, to make a difference in people's lives. And uh, so I accepted that. I was ashamed to tell him. I was afraid to tell him about it. I didn't even tell Brenda I was called to teach. Uh, but as the as time progressed, I began to see that I had this burning and a passion to share God's love and his word and give hope to people. And uh, we, we've built our church on that basis, that people walk out of here better than they walked in. Isn't that awesome? That's, Amen. That's awesome. And that's God has been so good to us. He called me to pastor. In 1982, I fought that also, rebuked the devil. The devil didn't go away. <laughs> and in 
And God just kept dealing with me, and I realized, well, this is the Lord. I guess I better give in because you're not going to win when you're fighting God, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, rebuking the devil when God's speaking don't work, does it, Absolutely. No, it doesn't work at all. <laughs> and I just I couldn't put the fire out. You know, it's that's what I, I tell people. They're wondering how they know what God wants them to do. I think the fire you can't put out is what God wants you to do. That's exactly right. It's the the hunger and that you can't satisfy. You can't get rid of it. And That's so, exactly right. So, Brent, I came to Wills Point in 1982 and started the church here. And we had a couple of, well, actually, I had three seminars. I thought I'll get up here and I'll preach on healing and I'll preach on baptism with the Holy Ghost and I'll preach on, uh, you know, God's God wants to heal you in every case and maybe I'll make them all mad and they'll go away and I'll go back to Houston. And uh, it didn't work that way. People started getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and I realized I needed to start the church, and so we did, August the 1st, 1982. It wow. has been a wonderful ride. It really has. But, you know, on the topic that we're looking into here, we're a testimony of this, and I think every Christian is. Every one that's had success in any ministry is a testimony to uh, God giving you hope and giving you a future. Yes. You start where you are. I mean, where else can you start except from where you are? That's exactly right. You know, we if you're, if you're in deep water, you better start swimming because the alternative is not good. Right, right. Wherever you are, do something and trust God. I don't know what's going to happen to me in the future. You don't know. We don't know. But I know this. We can always trust God. And that's something we've always done. And God's always come through. And uh, he just he, he can be counted on and he can be trusted. You know, one of the things that I love about this whole concept, look from where you are, and I think there's another maybe another aspect to this is we can be so, so oriented towards striving for success or going to the next level that we don't even enjoy where we are. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things that God has been teaching me in the last two years, better than anything that I, I think it's probably been one of the best revelations I've ever gotten in my life is to not only look from where you are and, and but to enjoy the journey and enjoy where you are, because really, if you don't enjoy it and you're always striving for something else, even if that something else is God's will, if yeah. you're not enjoying where you are, the journey, you you never you never um, really truly reap the benefits from from God's provision, His voice. You know, I am learning to be content in the state that I'm am, and yeah. that is something I've really struggled with, Pastor Michael. Sure. No, I, you know, I think we need to separate accomplishments from peace. Peace comes from God. Yes. yes. We, we accomplish things. Sure. We achieve things and we, uh, you know, we, we succeed in our endeavors, but our peace doesn't come from our success. No. no. Our contentment doesn't come. You quoted Paul there in Philippians 4 where he says, I've learned to be content in whatever state I'm in. Yes. I've, learned to, I've learned to bound. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's something that we ought to always separate. If I get this thing or get this job or if I, uh, accomplish this ministry, or if I build this church, I'll have peace. No, you got peace now. Right. That's it, and, and that's really important to get because we live in a world, uh, especially America. Oh, it's success oriented. <laughs> yeah. Everything is success oriented, and success for me when it comes to living for living for God may just to be to mentor two or three women that change the world. My goodness, somebody witnessed to me. Anything I do 
will go back to one man telling me about Jesus. That's exactly right. So yeah. I really want one of my one of my desires and mandates. And I was telling this to Dale yesterday on BPN Radio. One of my desires is, and I really feel this in my heart, is just to find men and women that God has just, there's treasures in them and help promote those treasures. And even if I only do that with, you know, Jesus really affected 12 people. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. (laughs) But those 12 people shook the world. I want my 12, Michael. I just want, I don't necessarily have to stand in a stadium with thousands. I I don't care if my name is on, you know, in lights or all over the world. I just want to do my part with my 12. And I think that looking sure. from where you are, part of that is just being content with where God is going to take you and your journey and accepting the fact that it, it may not look like everybody else's and it may not be the American way of success. Yeah. You know? Well, Paul said they compare themselves among themselves are not wise. And, uh, you know, we don't, we don't compete with each other. We complete each other. That's it. You know, one of Brother Osteen's favorite sayings was, uh, we got to get out of the book of Numbers and in the book of Acts. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. I mean, because, you know, we're in a small town. Our town's 3,400 people. It was 2,800 when we moved here. So we're not a huge church with lots of people in a big metroplex. We're just a country town in a rural area. Right. But we've got a big God. Sure. That's the thing you look at. It's not, you know, not what's going on around you, but how big God is. And anything's possible wherever you are. And the one person you minister to may change the world. You may change the world. Yes. You know, we say all the time around here that we're reaching the world from Wills Point, Texas. And everybody has a part in that. Yes. If they just come here, if they just pray, if they just give, if they volunteer in some of the ministries. But all of us make it happen. And none of us stand alone. No. No. And every little part counts. Everything I do and you do is making a difference. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, Abraham just wasn't, God pulled him out of his family. Right. You know, that, that we look at in, in Genesis 13, he took him out of Ur of the Chaldees, you know, where his parents actually served other gods. And there was nothing going on in, in what we call Israel today. Back then it wasn't Israel. He wasn't even a Jew. Uh, there were no Jews in Abraham's time. Uh, he just he was Habiru or Hebrew, which meant a wanderer, and uh, we didn't. Israel didn't come along to two more generations. Right. He had Isaac had Jacob. Jacob was changed to Israel, and then one of his sons was named Judah, and that's where we get the word Jew from. So this is way back, and that's what Paul connects us with. He connects us with Abraham, you know, who who really, you know, he he didn't believe God for twenty five years. We often hear that he didn't really get in faith until he. Uh, was 99 when God changed his name because he'd had an Ishmael and we know how that turned out. Right. (laughs) Uh, And he he even asked God to let Ishmael live before him instead of having another child. And God says, no, I'm going to give you a son of a promise. But when he changed his name, hallelujah, that's when he began to get in faith and when he saw himself the way God saw him. He changed Uh, his name. Yeah, he changed from Abram to Abraham, and then nine months later, that's when he had Isaac. Until you see yourself the way God sees you, uh, you won't accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. Uh, And it it starts with God. It has to. Every vision has to start with God. We have to stand upon our watch and hear what he has to say and then write the vision and make it plain, as Habakkuk said. And without a vision, we perish. But that's, that's the good news, and that's what happened to us. I was a 
I was going nowhere when I got saved. I didn't have any hope in the natural. Uh, after even I got saved, God called me to teach. I still didn't have education. I was laboring on a construction job. Then we come to Wills Point, Texas, and this is not a big town. But God's not into big towns, small towns, medium towns. He's just into every town. That's exactly right. And we and need to you, be faithful for wherever God sends us and with whatever God gives us. Hallelujah. Absolutely. Well, hey, real quick, let's read this. In Genesis thirteen fourteen. the Lord God said to Abram after Lot was separated from him, and I love that because there must have been something going on there. He asked Lot to go wherever he wanted to, and Lot took the good ground. You know, he looked and saw the well-watered valley, which happened to be Sodom and Gomorrah. We know how that turned out. Right. But there's Abram and his nephew separated from him, and God visits him and says, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward. For all the land which you see to you will I give it into your seed forever. we got to open our eyes up. That's what God's saying. And we got to start where we are. You know, most people say if it was, if I was somebody else or if it was another time or it was another place, uh, then I could make it. No, you can make it where you are. I it's agree. Perfect. I agree. It's not magic. It's not genius. It's not just tremendous talent. It's just trusting God wherever you are. Uh, and it's the place you're at. And it's you, not somebody else. And it's now, not next week. <laughs> That's exactly right. And and believing that God can take you where he wants to take you from the place that you are. That's what hey, faith is. Amen. Absolutely. It's trusting God. Anyway, he got his vision opened up there in the 13th chapter of Genesis, and he began to look around. He looked up. That's the first thing you got to do is look up. That's great. Look at God, and then look from where you are. Don't think if I if I can get in a big town. You know, ministers often think that. I'm going to start a church and go to a big town where there's a lot of people. <laughs> well, you better go to church where God tells you to go to church, and you better start a ministry he told you to start. That's exactly right. That's exactly you know? right. You know, Paul, he tried to go into Asia in Acts 16, and he was trying to minister. You know, ministry and gifts are a little different than just believing for a promise. But he tried to go into Asia, then he tried to go in Fergie, and he was forbidden of the Holy Ghost. And then he had a vision in Macedonia saying, come and help us. And uh, then he knew at that point that's where God wanted him. And that's where wow. the Philippian jailer got saved, his family, and the the girl that was demon-possessed got set free. And thi uh, oh, Lydia, the seller of purple, got saved also. Uh, but we just got to hear God. We got to get with God. We got to look up and find out what God has for us. And whatever it is, it's the greatest thing in the kingdom at that point is what God want you, wants you to do. He told Philip to leave a great revival in, in uh, Acts 8 chapter, go witness to one man. Right, right. That, that was the will of God for him. That's what he should do. And he did. And thank God he did. So I, let's stop right there. That is so... Sure. That is so important that we get that because we can be doing something that is, you know, totally God and maybe even feeds our flesh some. You know, you're oh, you're, yeah. you're in a great revival and hundreds and thousands of people getting saved. Oh, yeah. That's you can not, put numbers on your yeah, card. Yeah. Yes. You can get so excited and think, well, why would God want me to quit this to go witness to one man? You know, yeah. I'd rather stand here in front of the masses because not only is this more people are getting saved. It's logical. Sure. But, but here, that's that's important that we get that, that obedience to the Holy Spirit may not make sense, and it may be contrary to our ego. Yeah. But it may be exactly where Holy Spirit wants us to go. I Amen. love that. I love Amen. that. Mr. I left Lakewood to come to Will's Point. 
I was teaching the auditorium class at Lakewood Church in 1982. And uh, the auditorium class at that time, you know, we had about 5,000 people. I'd start out with five or 600 at 930, and then at 945, before church started, there would be 4,000 people in there. Wow. And Brent and I were over the counselors at Lakewood. We had 175 counselors uh, that came and ministered to those that got saved. And God said, go to Wills Point, Texas. The whole town had 2,800 at that time. Yeah. So I thought, this can't be God, but it was. And it was the best thing I could have done was to obey God and come here. It's not about numbers. It's about the will of God in your life. Yeah, that is so good. That's so good. Jesus, help us to get that. Oh, amen. So so you look up from where you are. You look around. You can only see what you you see. Yeah. And you walk out this vision, uh, and you know that God has given you the vision. Right, exactly. That's that's vitally important, is knowing that you know that you know that you know. You know, I, I've never doubted this thing. I was sure before I came. We've had, as we say in Texas, I pick high cotton, low cotton, and no cotton. <laughs> but, you know, you just keep picking. And the thing that's kept me going is it's not the numbers. It's wow. not the fine. It's not all those things. What's kept me going is that last point, really. I know that God told me to come to Wills Point, Texas. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that and awesome? Stayed, and just stayed with it. Hallelujah. Uh, he goes on, yeah. It's actually, he went, goes from the 13th chapter to the 15th chapter. We're jumping, but... Uh, That's good. Let's go. But I love it. He says, uh, and he brought him forth. This is the fifth, fifth verse of the 15th chapter of Genesis. God brings Abraham out. He said, and he brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward heaven. And see, he's always trying to get him to expand his vision. That's what I love. Look now toward heaven. And tell the stars, if you're able to number them, and he said to them, so shall thy seed be. And of course, in his case, he was talking about uh, success and prosperity and productivity. It's beyond what we see. Actually, it goes beyond our life. We don't, we don't even know after we go on to be with the Lord how much our witness continues to bring in a harvest. That one person we think we only reached one person we talked about earlier, that one person could reach another person or 10 or 15, and then they could reach many. You never know who the next Billy Graham or, or Roberts is going to be. That's exactly or, right. Or Callie or, or Michael Williams. That's you never... exactly right. <laughs> so he was getting him to expand his vision and, and look up to do that. And I, and I love this. Amplified says this. This is so cool. And he brought him outside his tent uh, and his, into the starlight. I love this. Sometimes you just got to get out of your tent. Yeah. You know, we've, got, we've got this tent around our head. We've got this tent around our lives. And we think this is all there is. And we don't realize the effect and the influence and the impact uh, and the ability we have to reach out further because we won't get out of our tent. That's exactly right. Sometimes God has to pull us out of our limited perspective yeah. and Absolutely. help us to start seeing things the way he sees it with no limits. Yes. And, and when yeah. he was looking at that sky, he was seeing a no, a God with no limits. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, we limit God. That's what the, the scripture says. Uh, God's not limited. We are limited. That's we exactly lim- right. You know, I, I've heard it said this way. I thought it was really good that, uh, you know, you can have a football player, a quarterback, and just be an awesome quarterback. Uh, his, he can 
shoot that ball faster than anybody and put it in a in a spot that nobody could put it in. And yet the receiver drops the ball because he's not where he's supposed to be or he's just not handling the ball like he ought to. Well, if you look at the stats, the stat on that quarterback's not going to be too good if he has a lot of incomplete passes. But actually, he threw that ball where he's supposed to throw it. The person out there receiving didn't ex- receive it. And I think many times God gets a bad rap because we're not where we're supposed to be. And we're not catching the ball. He's always on. God is unlimited. He's never wrong. He never gets it wrong. Uh, but, you know, we got to work on ourselves. That's we exactly get, right. we got to run the route God told us to run, and we got to catch it when God throws it to us. And in the process, not only do we win, but God looks better too. Uh, you know, his stats go up. He's always good, but the world doesn't always see that because we're not giving him good stats. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And there's something so powerful, you know, uh, you and I had talked a little bit the other day about, you know, um, that, you know, that God's in control and, yeah, and yeah. he is in control in the overall scheme of things. God's in control, but I have control of my own life Absolutely, and God yeah. can speak his word in his direction. But ultimately, you know, we, we have a choice about things and God's going to get his work done no matter what, but he may have had a plan for me to be involved and I may deselect myself by not, yeah. by, by the lack of obedience. Oh, I agree. Totally. I think scripture is very plain that God is going to control overall events. He's going to do what he says. He's going to come back just like he said, he's going to come back. The train is moving down the track. But now whether you're on that train or not, that's your choice. That's my choice. And I think that's real important that we get that, that God has a plan and a destiny and he has a perfect plan for Callie. He has a perfect plan for Michael. He has a perfect plan for, you know, everyone that's listening, but I can cooperate with him and his leading and I can walk out that really amazing plan or I can listen to the voice of the enemy, listen to my own flesh Sure. Uh, deselect and do the do the road the road that's not the best the best road for me through bad decisions and that's where we have to really understand that we have to work with Holy Spirit we really yeah. have to work with Holy Amen. Spirit. Amen. Well, you know, and that's because He loves us. That's because He He wants our uh, cooperation. He wants us to buy into the vision, as it were. He wants us to follow Him freely. You know, I always said this, and I've heard it many times too, but. God wants to dance, but he doesn't want to dance with a mannequin. He doesn't want to dance with a robot. And he doesn't want to pay somebody to dance. Uh, he wants you to freely dance with him. Oh, that makes me want to cry. It's so true. He, <laughs> wants, so- he wants relationship. One, yes, he does. One morning yeah. I got up, Pastor Michael, I got up, and um, I try to spend time with the Lord every morning. You know? Amen. I try, Amen. I, it's, it's, and it's not about checking off a list. It's because I love the Lord. No. And I want to spend time with him, but... One morning I got up and I heard the Lord say to me so clear, I've been waiting on you to get up. Oh, come on. Yeah, and that's I, it. And I thought, you've been waiting on me to get up? <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been waiting on me? And I realized that he loves my fellowship yes, as much does. as I love his. Yeah, yeah. And when we <laughs> when we realize that Holy Spirit loves us so much, he... He 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 just that's the one thing we give him that that he you know that that can that really means something to him is sure. our fellowship. Yeah. And um there there's it's nothing like it. it is about real love and real love has free will. You know, we often talk about free will, but free will is 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 necessary 
to have real relationship. That's why free will is out there. That's why God gives gives us choices because He loves us. Yes, yes. And He wants us to love Him back. And you He know, wants I, He wants it to be an authentic relationship, yeah. not oh. something that's forced. Uh, yeah. He's got plenty of angels and and beings that his, that beckon His call. He wants right. us to do it because we love Him. Oh my, so good. Oh, I, th- you'll love this. I was. I read this just the other day, and I was, I was thinking about praise and worship. And, you know, God's deserving of our praise. There's no question. It's not that he just demands it and he's egotistical. And if I were looking at a, a drive down the road and saw this landscape or, you know, or some valley or a mountain that was beautiful, I'd want to look at it, and i want you to look at it. I'd say, oh, y'all look. You know, it's like David said, come, let us worship the Lord together. Uh, so praise is not just looking at him because he's worthy, looking at him because he's good. But we praise things that we love. You know, you praise restaurants, you praise songs that just touch your heart. You praise, uh, uh, you know, paintings and musicians and artists, all these things. But the reason you do that is not because they're demanding it, and not even really because they're worthy, but because they've touched you. Yes. And you love them. Yes. And we praise God because, God, He is so good. He yes, has touched he is. us. You know, and uh, yeah, he's worthy. Yeah, he he's is. a creator of all it is. But he, I love him. Me too. I absolutely love him. So I want to praise him. And of course I'd praise him. I praise my wife. I love her. Right, you, right. You, you praise who you love and what you love. And praise is not something that we just got to do. It's something that you, you can't help but do if you really love someone. <laughs> that's exactly right. And that's the kind of relationship that the Lord wants with us. So... So let's go back to this. We're going to get out of our tent and open yeah. our eyes to what God is showing me or, or anyone that's listening and believe yeah. God concerning what he shows you. So you have to believe. Even, and it's well, you have take, to believe. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what, uh, of course, that's what it goes on to say, believe God. And it was counted in for righteousness. Paul plays off that, you know, over in uh, Romans and also Galatians where he talks about that. And he actually connects us to Abraham. I think that's really unique. He goes past the law because the law made nothing perfect. There's no good thing you can do. The language of law is do. The language of grace is done. Hallelujah. <laughs> I love it. Amen. I love so, it. And Paul doesn't stop there. He never relates to Moses in that respect when he talks about righteousness. He's not called the father faith. Nobody in the Bible is called the father except God and Abraham. And uh, the reason Abraham's called the father of faith is just that because— He's the one that set the example of believing, trusting God. All we can do is trust God. God's not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. And uh, if you'll just show up, if you'll just, you know, get up, dress up and show up, <laughs> God will show out. You know? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. <laughs> so he did. He believed God. He, he got his, uh, he got to looking from where he was instead of just looking at where he was. He started looking from where he was. Then Philippians, Paul kind of wraps that up and talks about um, an attitude that we have all, as all Christians should have. I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm washed in the blood. I know there's nothing I can do to be saved or to add to my salvation. But I live my life like I'm running a race in the sense that I want to please God daily. And that's what Paul's saying. I count not myself in the 13th verse of Philippians 3 to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and that's a tough one. you got to let go of the past. And reaching for even the past successes, you know, and just failures, but successes. You can't live off last week's success. 
today, I am a Christian. Today, I'm a believer. Today, I count. Today, I'm somebody. I'm loved. I'm accepted. I'm needed. All those things that people are searching for, I've got it in Jesus. You got it today. Not yesterday, not last week. Not because of what I've done or accomplished, but because of who I am. Right. And he says, I just, I, I let that stuff go and I reach forward to the things that are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ. There's one person that we got to please here, and that's Jesus Christ. That's exactly right. That's exactly and, right. And I, I just want to, I want to, I want to please him. You know, we have a mutual friend, Renee, uh, Renee Garner Mize, and uh, I heard her say this years ago. People talk about, you know, who are living before God or going to church and <clears throat> reading their Bibles and, you know, talking about the Lord. People will say, "Well, who are you trying to impress?" We're not trying to impress anybody. We're trying to represent someone. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And if you're looking at me all the time, I may not always impress you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. Know, yeah, thank, I'm uh, trying to do that. Yes. <laughs> But but if we're representing Christ and realize that he is the perfect one. Listen, I want to take a minute and I want to break for um, a song called uh, okay. Touch the Sky by Hillsong. And then we're going to come yep. right back and talk more about going forward and forgetting the past. I love Philippians and we're excited about what Jesus is doing. And I'm excited about this topic. Look from where you are, because I believe God is going to help a lot of people just pursue the vision that God's giving them and Amen. pursue it with faith. Thank you so much. And we'll be back in a few minutes. What fortune lies beyond the stars Those dazzling hearts too fast to climb I got so hard to fall so far But I found heaven as love's way
to have uh, Pastor Michael Williams from Willis Point, Texas here. Uh, Pastor's a great church there in Willis Point. And we've been talking about the subject, look from where you are. And we just spent some time in the scripture, Philippians 3, 13, and talking about keep going forward, forget the past, pursue the future God has for you, and press in. And I thought if we could just go back and visit the press in part, because that's where uh, the rubber meets the road and a lot of people give up. Hey, man. Are you there? I'm here. Okay. All right. Good. I'm sorry. I, I had a phone call. Coming that's okay. That no problem. Let's just, okay. I wanted to just revisit yeah, that, that press yes. in part. Yes. That press in part where he says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, most of what we do is just, it's just perseverance and pressing in and not quitting. People, people ask us around here at the church, you know, what, what is the secret to your success? Well, of course, believe God. Of course, we're, we're givers. And of course we love Jesus and trust in God. But the main thing is we just did not quit. You know, if you don't quit, you're going to win. I mean, you're going to get better at it. And, uh, you're going to look back and be amazed one day, you know, when you see all that God has done. And, uh, you know, to plow a straight line or a straight row, I know this. Uh, if you, you have to keep your eyes on the end result. You have to start with the end in mind, as it were. Uh, I know if you're on a tractor, if, anybody, if any farmer will tell you this, you, you look way down, you fix your eyes on a fence post or a tree, and you keep your eyes on that and you plow with that in view. If you look down, if you're constantly just looking down minute by minute, the minutes turn into hours and hours turn into days, and boy, it just takes forever to get anything done. But if you're looking way down the road and you're fixed and focused and you just stay with the stuff, uh, you'll finally get the job done. I, if you got a I like what somebody said the other day. They said, you know, you don't fail tests, but you retake them with Christ. Yeah. And so if we just keep doing, I love what you said. If you just keep doing what you're doing and keep working at it, you're going to get yeah. better at it. Absolutely. You're going to, you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. You're going to see the breakthrough. You're going to reach the, the expected end, the, the vision that God has for you, but you can't quit. And that's where faith comes in. Amen. Amen. That's exactly right. Failure is an event, not a person anyway. Uh, I think we internalize failure and we make it us and it's not us. It's just something. We can learn from failure. We can learn from those, but we just keep going. We just get back up. I think it was John Wayne said this, you're going to spend your whole life 
falling off your horse and getting back up again. He said, just get back up and get in the saddle and ride. That's it. That's yeah. it. I agree with that. Uh, somebody wrote a book called Failing Forward. And here's the John, thing. John Maxwell. Yeah. yeah. If you, if you, if you make, if you fail at something or you try something and you fail, but you learn and then sure. you go forward and then you're successful, then you've accomplished what you needed to accomplish and you've learned from that event. It's when we keep doing the same stupid thing over and over and over. <laughs> that's and, right. And that's yeah. where we need to ask God to help us not to be brain dead and and to really learn from our mistakes and go forward <laughs> and then incorporate a new strategy. Yeah, in life. No, that's good. You you know, know? They, say, you know, they say learning from experience is, uh, is not the best thing in the world, but there is something worse. It's not learning from experience. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> That's for sure. I yeah, there, there are people that have actually, and I have too, and you can say the same thing. Sure. Kelly. I've learned more from the things that I failed at sometimes and the things I succeeded at. Because I, from I've failing. Learned, I've learned more a lot of times yeah. from the things I've failed at. And I've also, God has given me a better sp- perspective and yeah. more compassion for mankind. You bet. And also we realize from, from getting back up that it's not the end. Failure is not it. And it, it's not our destiny. No. A righteous falls seven times, he rises again, the scripture says. So you're going to pass through a lot of failure on your way to success. Yes. That's the process. And and uh, we just have to realize that. But uh, on this pressing in, well, I, I think of uh, the woman with the issue of blood, Mark, the fifth chapter. It says she came in the press. She came and pressed through the crowd. You know, in life, there's always a multitude of voices that you have to press through. There's always a crowd of naysayers. There's always a crowd of past failures and experiences that you've got to press through. You've got to quiet down the voices and focus in on Jesus and grab the hem of his garment and get your miracle. That's what we see in the Bible is people with passion, people that just won't quit. They weren't perfect, far from it. I mean, but they did what they had to do. They just did not quit. They were relentless. They pressed in. They took roofs off buildings. They hollered from the side of the road when people told them to be quiet. They pressed through crowds, but they believed, and, and this is something we can definitely say to the listening audience, they believe, and it's so true, Jesus is reachable. He is, he is attainable. He's reachable. He loves you. He's for you. And if you'll press in and pursue, you win. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He's never, ever, ever turned me away. Amen. Yeah. He's, he's never, ever, you know, now his answer may not have always been what I wanted it to be. Right. But it was always what I needed it to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always in your best interest. Yes. Yes. Because That's, we're short sighted many times and we, we see things through our natural eyes. We don't always see things through the eyes of the spirit. We don't always know the end game. And, and God knows the, the beginning from the end. And I love, you know, everything that is every, when you go back and read all, I mean, the, the countless Bible stories, the countless Bible oh, stories, yeah. Yeah. and it's, it's actually a recount of history. It's not a story, it's truth, but, but in, in 99.9% of them, there was always that pressing there was always that faith element. Always, always. And there was always that had to be that. That was the that was where the miracle came. The trust element. Um, I, I I think of I think of Hannah. Uh, you know, my my mind goes back to Hannah, and she's you know she's in this situation in a system, in a system where yeah. you're not even valued as a woman if you can't right. reproduce. Right. So so she's suffering from a self esteem problem. 
Um, she's got a tormentor. She's got another wife, which that whole system there is hard for me to understand. The first mm-hmm. time Abraham didn't show up in my tent, somebody would have been dead. But, <laughs> but you know, that was a whole other way of living back then. But she's got another, yeah. another wife that is having babies and... You know, her husband loves her the most, but that can't satisfy this longing in her heart to reproduce and to break off this curse that she yeah. feels like she, that she's been plagued with. And I think about the pressing in. You know, she she didn't even want to go to the temple. She was so upset. Finally, she goes to the temple and she presses in in prayer at that altar. Amen. Until she touches I, you know, I, uh, th- this is another element of that story that kills me. God heard her cry and moved on a backslidden pastor to speak a prophetic word over her life. Wow. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Eli was, was backslidden for sure. Yeah, I mean, he was a mess. His kids but were a mess. But how relentless was she? I mean, that was so good. And that's the point you're making is she just kept coming and she kept praying and she's crying out to God and... You know, she doesn't quit. She doesn't quit. And in the midst of God answering her personal, her personal crisis, her personal breakthrough, she needed this thing broke off of her. God not only answered her personal request, but he took care of a national need. Yeah. You know, he provided himself a prophet that was righteous. And that's that's so true. That's so true. Every. Yeah, every success in your life, every accomplishment in your life, everything you get over in life is bigger than you. It always it is. It always is. When it's tied yeah. to the kingdom, it's always bigger than you. And, and we got to, we've got got to press in. Someone's got to come off that mountain and kill that giant. There's a, there's a whole army up there waiting for someone to get it done. You know, the first, the first man that ever ran the four-minute mile, was a, he was a medical student, and Roger Bannister was his name. And once he once he ran that four minute mile, they said it couldn't be done. It just could not be broken. No one could run physically a four minute mile. Once he did it, that was in 1954. In the next two years, 213 men ran the mile under four minutes because they saw it could be done. Isn't that amazing? The power ama- of suggestion. Yeah, and that's what we're talking about. You need. I need to press in, not just for me. It's not about just. Call me Jimmy, I'll take all you give me. No, it's, I need to succeed to show that God is real. I need to get over this past, whatever I'm sin or whatever the case may be, uh, whatever this inferiority. I need to get over this, not just for my sake, but for those around me to let them see that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, that my testimony, hallelujah, is something anybody can get a hold of. Isn't I need that amazing? Pre- Isn't oh, that amazing? Yeah. Amen. You know, William James, he was an American psychologist. Some people call him the father of pragmatism. Uh, He said that which holds our attention determines our action. Wow. And so our vision, we've got to keep our vision. We've got to look down the road. We've got to believe that God wants to bless us, that he really does want to heal us. He really wants to use us. And we really count really important. And fix our attention on that and not all of our failures and all of our sins. Say that again. That which holds our attention. Say that again. That which holds our attention determines our action. Wow. That's so good, Michael. Amen. Amen. That's why it's so important to focus on the victory of Christ, what God says about us. That's, you know, 
You know, we can get so sidetracked on so many things and even good things, even sure. good things that sure. hold our attention, even things that God wants to be a part of our life, but it cannot be, it cannot be the king and queen of our life. What has to be the king no. of our life is the king of kings. <laughs> yeah. Holy Spirit has to be the, the main, my relationship with the Lord has to be the paramount thing in my life. And then right. everything else falls into place. I heard someone say this the other day, and I think it was Bill Johnson, and I loved it. He said, he said, you know, you've heard God first, then your family or your husband, your wife, your family, your kids, your church, you know, and he, and he said, that's all good. And he said, I've said that before, but he said, that's really false. He said, if you try to keep, put everything in compartmentalized in a list like that, you'll fail miserably. He said, it's, he said, it's God first. And then you love your spouse through your love for God. You love your children through your love for God. You love yeah. your church through your love for God. You sure. do your work through your love for God. Everything is as an unto the Lord, and then you get it right. And that resonated with me. That's great. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's one king love as C.S. Lewis wrote a book called the four loves. There's one king love, one master love that all loves are subservient to. And it has to be our love for God. It no has doubt. to be. It has to I be. I can't love my wife without loving God. That's exactly no, truly, right. That's I can't exactly. truly do that. And so I have to make sure everything falls into that category. You know, a lot of people say, well, I just did it because I love for the love of my children or for the love of my country. Well, I love my country. I love my children. But they don't violate my love for God. And uh, love's got to be first God. And then I love my children more by loving God and my wife more by loving God. King love. Keep my focus right here. Yeah. You know? When we love God like we're supposed to and we've got him in the in the top priority of my heart, then I can love everybody in my life in a way that's so uh, amazing and bring oh, yeah. such amazing fruit. But if you start trying to compartmentalize that, then what what will happen is you'll be schizophrenic and exhausted. Because yeah, and you'll, <laughs> and you'll violate you'll violate God's word uh, under the guise of I did it for my wife, or I broke the law for my children, or I did this for. But you're actually not loving them. You know, my children, and you've had this many times. I'm sure they'll say, "Well, if you love me, you'd let me do this." Well, no, it's because I love you that I won't let you do that. That's right, because you can see the, you can see much farther down the road than they're able sure. to see. And you because know? my love for God, I understand goodness and right and wrong, and what really helps and blesses people. And so, and the best thing I could do for my children is raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So that's keeping my love for Him first, and then everything else subservient to that. Keep that's going good. forward. Forget the past. Yes. Pursue. Press in, pursue the future God has for you. Pursue the future God has for you. Not Which, what God has for somebody else. <laughs> right. And you know what? Be content in that. Amen. And, you know, there are so many times in my life that I was doing what God wanted me to do, but I was not content because right. I had some ego-based uh, idea of where I was supposed to be and when sure. I was supposed to get there. And when I began to lay down those ego-based ideas— and pick up God's idea. And you know what? The older I get and the more I serve the Lord, the more I just want to love him. Amen. I want to love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I want to love my family in a way that brings glory to the Lord. And I want to love my spiritual family and, and sons and daughters in a way that brings glory to the Lord. And really outside of that, I don't really have any much desire. And yeah, it's about people. So it, all it's about people. It's know, about relationship. It, it, yeah. 
wake up, see my granddaughters, take them to breakfast, uh, tell them about Jesus, um, you know, sit down with Minerva, who's an amazing assistant and daughter in the Lord and, and see God do great things in her or my other's daughters and sons that God's have given pastor Todd and Cindy and I really, it's just about loving and, 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 and pressing into what God's called us to do. And I'm more content with that. And it took me a long time to get there. Sure. It took me a long time to get there. So many voices in the world. There really are so many things pulling us left and right and ideals of success. You know, I get with ministers and it's amazing to me, Callie, when I sit down with, with well-known ministers, big ministries, and we'll sit around, you know, and, and go out and eat or whatever and talk. You know what we talk about? We talk about kids. We talk about wives and husbands and family. Uh, that's what's on everybody's heart. That's yes. what touches everybody's relationship. I mean, God wants that with us. That's exactly right. Can we take a minute? Because we only have about five more minutes, and I want to oh, pray. Yeah, I want to pray for for all the listeners. And uh, would you would you mind praying? Because we really want them to get this in their spirit. Thank you. Sure. Sure. All right. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you and we lift up this listening audience. Kelly and I agree together uh, that your will is good for people. Your will is always for a future and a hope and a destiny. And, and God, you really love people. Let that just come across in all that we've said here today and, and uh, re- that it resonate in their spirit. There are people out there I know that are desperate. People are listening even right now that many times have given up hope, but, but Father, we pray for them. We pray for you right now. If you're listening right now, we pray that the word of God will come alive to you, that God will come alive to you, that you realize that you count, that you're important. So much so Jesus came and died for your sins and rose again, that you might be saved. And he didn't do that because he had to. He did that because he loves you. We pray that that just gets comes alive and burns inside of you. And whatever you're facing, it may be maritable, may be a, it may be financial. Uh, you just may have a low self-esteem. You may think that you don't count and you're not anybody, but that's just a lie. Yes. Don't buy the lie. We pray that this truth comes alive to you, that God is bigger than all your problems, and he doesn't just want to work on your behalf. He loves you so much that he's given us these great, exceeding, great and precious promises that you can stand upon and that can change your life and you can change your destiny. You do not have to live in sin. You don't have to live in pain. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in desperation and depression. It is not the will of God that you be depressed, that you get up depressed and live depressed. That's a curse. And Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Callie and I agree together in the name of Jesus uh, that peace will come into your life through this broadcast and and love will just uh, resonate in your heart and your spirit and you'll begin to realize that you are loved, you're accepted. All you got to do is just come to Jesus if you don't know him. And if you do know him, you can just start over again. Come on. Yes. Get back up on your feet. Get back up on that horse and ride it. Yes. You can do this thing. <laughs> You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, and you are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. And the Bible says that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. You are a world overcomer. 
So what are you doing laying down? Get up on your feet and let's serve God. We got one shot at this thing. We need to give it all we got. Heaven's high, hell is hot, and life is short. Yes. Thank God. God is bigger than our than our mountain. He's bigger than all of our obstacles. And praise God, He's for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Pastor Michael Williams. Lord, we just thank you for this beautiful audience. I pray the blessing of the Lord over them today. Uh, I want to encourage everyone out there, especially you ladies, sign up for our August 1st Warrior Chicks prayer call. You can go to warrior-chicks.com and sign up. We'll be sending you notices. Uh, It's an amazing prayer call that we have once a month. We're rallying people to pray across America. We're excited about what Jesus is doing, and we love you with all of our heart. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye-bye. For the past hour, you've been listening to The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.